Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Did you know that the Dodgers suffered a historic defeat after honoring an anti Catholic group? Yep. Uh, the San Francisco Giants routed the slumping Los Angeles Dodgers 15 0 on Saturday night for their season high six straight victory. Uh, Paul, a lot to talk about today. I uh, just want to give you kind of a background of something that uh, happened to show you the hand of God in all of this. And I want your comments, Paul. On Friday, about 5,000 Catholics descended upon Dodger Stadium with rosaries in their hand and Jesus in their heart. These were serious Catholics. Trust me, the lukewarm, uh, 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 you know, willy-nilly, uh, you know, Easter Sunday Catholics, uh, you know, Ash they didn't show up. The ones that showed up were the TLMers all over the state, uh, the Daily Rosary Catholics, the Catholics that are into biblical apologetics, uh, the Catholics that are into, uh, you know, daily mass. I mean, th th this was the cream of the crop of the Catholics that showed up. These were, these were the ones you're going to see in heaven, by the way. But, uh, <clears throat> oh, and, we, and we also had the bravest bishop, who I call America's bishop, Bishop Joseph Strickland, the only bishop that stood with us, kind of like a general, an, an, an army general, just like that movie for greater glory, General Gorostieta coming out of retirement and leading this ragtag team called the Cristeros. This is a new Cristero movement that's happening in the U.S., and it's not going to stop. It was kicked off on Friday. But here's what happened. To show you the power of the office of a Catholic bishop, we had detractors there. About 100 Antifa showed up. Uh, George Soros paid Antifa. But when they looked across the street at the opposition, uh, 5,000 Catholics on one side and behind them another 1,500 Catholics on Elysian Park, Antifa closed shop and left, even though they were funded by George Soros. All the 6,500 Catholics that were there, guess what? We went there freely and voluntarily on our own dime because we love Jesus. Nobody paid us to go there. Yo, so, you guys aren't hirelings. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, Paul, here's what's, what's interesting. There's a uh, a very uh, a rabble-rousing Protestant street preacher by the name of Reuben Israel. He's from Los Angeles, California. And uh, he's been a street preacher for 40 years. Very anti-Catholic. He, he's the typical guy that would grab the Jack Chick tracks, grabs a megaphone, and he basically reads the Jack Chick low information uh, apologetics uh, revisionist history against Catholics. And he screams at you with a bullhorn. Uh, he, he does the same thing to Muslims, by the way. He's uh, been to several Muslim uh, cities and he does the same thing. And he also does the same thing to homosexuals. So he hates three. I mean, he, the T-shirts that he wears, the man uh, is not fueled by the love of Christ. He's fueled by hate. Just watch the way he speaks, watch the t-shirts he wears, and the group that he established. The group he established is called Bible Believers. Bible Believers. So, here's what happened. On Friday, Reuben Israel, he took the high ground. He took the top of a hill. One of the little, because Dodger Stadium is, is a hilly, is a hilly part of Los Angeles. It's built on hills. So, Reuben Israel and his 50 
uh, street preachers, Bible believers, they they were on top of a hill, and Reuben had a bullhorn, and I think maybe some other people had bullhorn. So as Bishop Olmsted is at the tip of the spear with thousands of Catholic men, you said I said men, we don't let the women march or children, men. I told the men from the stage, only men will march around these streets. The Catholic men, I mean, they look like, I mean, just like Cristeros. You just, you, you got to watch this on, it, it, there's many major media channels, uh, Catholic channels that, are, that have the entire, uh, the entire rally uh, recorded. So as they're walking to Vinscoli Avenue, led by Bishop Strickland, who's holding a relic of, of the bone of St. John Paul II, in a reliquary, Reuben Israel sees the Catholics coming, and of course, what he's been doing for 40 years, he begins yelling from his bullhorn, insulting derogatory labels at the Catholics that are processing. Well, let me tell you something. You got to watch out. It's not a good thing to yell and insult uh, and, 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 and try to, uh, uh, again, curse a Catholic bishop. Well, what happened? Reuben Israel probably left, you know, a couple hours after that. Like we all left, left there at about 7.30. Most of us probably didn't get to bed. We were kind of jazzed up. You know, after you hit the showers, do your night prayers. Most, most of us probably went to bed at 11 or 12 midnight that night, including the Protestants that were there, the few Protestants. I figured Reuben Israel, you know, he was all pumped up from what he did. You know, he insulted Catholics for a few hours. <clears throat> he got home. Well, guess what? He died at five in the morning the next day. Reuben Israel... 40 years of preaching hate with a bullhorn uh, died at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning. <clears throat> and you know what this reminds me of? <clears throat> this reminds me of what Jesus says in Matthew, 20, Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. Our Lord says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render an account for every careless word they uttered. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Reuben Israel died after blaspheming the holy name of Mary over and over. He was also very fond of getting statues of Mary, going in front of Catholic churches with a hammer, and breaking statues of Mary in front of Catholics coming out after Mass. This man went to his judgment at 5 a.m. This man who called the Eucharist the death cookie. This man died a few hours after he left the, protest, the, the rally. Guess what? Uh, every single word that came out of his mouth the last 40 years, that's going to save him or that's going to damn him. <clears throat> Paul, any comments? Said a mouthful there, Jess. Number one, full disclosure, I didn't make the rally. Uh, listen, um, I had my hotel room the last second I had to cancel. I had a whole bunch of things, uh, converge at one time and I was not able to make the rally, but I did watch the rally. Praise and, God. Uh, and I know you prayed for us yeah, too. Of course. Of course. So, uh, listen, um, it was a beautiful thing to see. Like you said, Catholic men, uh, uh, doing what Catholics are supposed to do. You know, Jess, I didn't know Reuben Israel. Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, only God uh, is going to be His final judge as to Correct. where He ends up. Correct. I think we can. Pr I think we can pray that somehow, some way, this man had invincible ignorance yeah. in that line, and mm. that if he did, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, that will save him, not because of what he did, but because of the fact that, you know, Jesus is going to judge him on uh, what he was able to know and understand. And maybe this is something that he couldn't overcome. Uh, That's possible. Uh, Correct. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we can only hope for that. But uh, but I do know he was controversial. I did read, uh, uh, I mean, uh, a little bit about him and and saw that there were other um, uh, Protestant ministers who would not uh, preach with him because of his stance. He would say things like uh, when speaking to uh, people, uh, 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 homosexuals, he would say, uh, you guys are fudge packers. And, uh, you know, or he would tell somebody who is a lesbian, he would say, you're so ugly, you can't get a man. Well, let me tell you, that's not the love of God. That's not the love of Christ. And, uh, uh, you know, and it's sad because there are people that will take the the goodness of God, his word. And we know the word is more than just word. It is a person. The word is Jesus Christ, love incarnate. And so when you twist the scriptures uh, somehow in order to put forth your agenda or your belief. And by the way, Jess, this is the danger of coming out from Mother Church. You see, we have Mother Church and the perennial teachings of the church that keep us grounded, that keep us tethered to the truth. But when you step out from the church, when you go into Protestantism, so to speak, Protestantism, Mm. you have all variations of error, all variations. And and these errors just are are, are egregious to God. And we don't know um, exactly why he died, but but, but it is uh, a strange coincidence, Jess, that he does not see the sun rise again after that. And I don't know what After he insults a Catholic bishop in front of a relic of a saint. Yes. And we've seen that kind of thing before. I don't want to name names, but we've seen people who, you know, shook their fist at God and ended up dead. Yes. In our past, we, you know. Yes. uh, uh, And so I I will just simply say that, uh, you know, uh, I heard one preacher put it like this, you know, um, if you uh, let's just say, you know, he was somehow, um, you know, you know, a, a, a believer, he truly believed. Uh, well, they said, well, if you have a child and you take him out to a dinner party and he starts acting up and doing all kinds of things that are embarrassing to you as the parent, don't you have a right to tell that child to come home, hmm. to go home? Yeah, yeah you can yeah. take him home, right? Well, God reserves that same right, you know what I mean? And for his sake, I pray that that's exactly what it was, that God just took him because he embarrassed him to the point that, you know, look, I just got to take you home. You're, you know, you're going to be saved, but through milk, through much fire and believe yeah. it or not, you may, you may not have believed in purgatory in this life, but you believe it now. Oh yeah. He's on, he, yeah. He's on video saying there is no purgatory. Where's purgatory yeah. in the Bible? You know, yeah. to, to so me, if you're out there, so if you're out there, pray for Reuben. Yeah. Uh, we'll pray, pray for him right now. Name of the father, son yeah. of the Holy spirit. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto Reuben Israel, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon him. <clears throat> May the soul of Reuben Israel, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Classic case of, there are some people who hold the form of religion, but deny the power thereof. The Bible says, avoid such people. 2 Timothy 3, 5. We'll pick it up on the other side. Jesus 911, Jess and Paul. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. It is not good to oppose the authority of God. There's a very famous story in the Bible. It's called Korah's Rebellion. And, uh, mm. you know, you have, you have basically, it's, it's in the book of Numbers, chapter 16. You have lay people that were rebelling against the authority structure of God. God has set up Moses and Aaron as the authority structure. Moses, the prophet, Aaron, the high priest. You have a couple of lay people, Korah and others, that begin saying, you guys, you guys aren't divinely appointed. We're, we're the same like you. We're, we're equal to you guys. <laughs> you guys are not special. <laughs> well, what ended up happening God slew 3,000 of them uh, that same day. God swallowed them up. And this is what happens to people. Reuben Israel insulted a successor of the apostle with a microphone. And guess what? what? Read Korah's rebellion and watch what happens when you oppose the authority that God has set up. Same thing happened to Moses' sister. Moses' sister was rebelling her, against her brother and she got leprosy. Very dangerous to get in front of somebody who has the spiritual authority from God, like a Catholic bishop, and stay, start saying vile things to his face with a yeah. bullhorn. And Jess, let's not forget, here these Catholics are standing up against a vile, some, a sin that cries out to, to God uh, in heaven from the earth. The, you know, the sin of these, these sodomites that actually mock uh uh, virtuous, virtuous, holy people, and yet they choose. Yet this man chose to um, to protest against the people of God standing a, to defend God's name. Yeah, uh, talk about being twisted. That's right. Talking about twisting the scriptures, uh, Saint Cyprian of Carthage, one of the great church fathers, said in the third century, he said, "No one can have God as father who does not have the Catholic Church as her mother." You also have the Athanasian Creed. It's one of the oldest creeds in the Catholic Church. It was written in the 4th century, uh, written by St. Athanasius himself, one of the doctors of the church. He says this, quote, the, the last sentence of the Athanasian Creed, quote, This is the Catholic faith, which except the man believed truly and firmly, he cannot be saved, close quote. Mm. Now, I get it. Paragraph 846 of the Catechism tells us, about salvation, and it quotes it, it quotes all the previous councils of the church. So how can we understand this affirmation that there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church? Here is the way it's defined by the Catechism of the Catholic Church, quoting the previous councils. It says this, quote, Basing itself on Scripture, no salvation outside the church, and tradition, the council teaches that the church, a pilgrim now on earth, is necessary for salvation. The one Christ is a mediator and the way of salvation. He is present to us in his body, which is the church. He himself explicitly asserted the necessity of faith and baptism and thereby affirmed at the same time the necessity of the church, which men enter through baptism as through a door. Hence, they could not be saved who, knowing that the Catholic church, and here's the key, knowing that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ, would refuse to enter, to either enter it or to remain in it. So that last sentence, everybody's salvation is hinged on that last sentence. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Hence, you could not be saved who, 
knowing that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ, would refuse to enter it or to remain in it. Now, here's where we get into that dicey area, Paul, that only God can judge whether the soul has vincible ignorance or invincible ignorance. Only God knows Reuben Israel's soul. And my uncle that died this weekend, uh, <laughs> rest in peace, uh, who was uh, living with his lover for the last 30 years after we had many many conversations to repent and go back to his wife, repent and believe in the gospel, repent and go back to the sacraments. And he would just snarl at me, snarl the conversations I had with him. Well, he just passed this weekend as well. God have mercy on his soul. I don't know the level of ignorance of my uncle or Reuben Israel, but, but here's what the church says, quoting St. Thomas of Aquinas, the greatest mind the church has ever produced. He's, consequently, he says, ignorance of such things is called invincible when it cannot be overcome by study since it's not in our power to be rid of it. It is not a sin. On the other hand, vincible ignorance is a sin. If it be about matters, one is bound to know and if you can overcome it by study. That's mm. church teaching. I'll leave it up to God to decide whether my uncle uh, and Reuben Israel were able to overcome their ignorance. Only God knows. Yeah, you know, Jess, Jesus in, in the Gospel of John chapter 9, he says to them, if you were blind to spiritual things, you would have no sin and would not be blamed for your unbelief. But since you claim to have sight, you have no excuse and your sin and guilt remain. Okay, so uh, again, there are those that claim they hold the word of God, by the way, which is a grace given to us by Mother Church. They hold the word of God in hand and claim to know, claim to have sight. And mm. Jesus said, well, since you claim to have sight, well, your sin remains. So uh, God have mercy on their souls. And uh, again, I would ask any Protestant you know, you know, I know this isn't the topic, but I would ask any Protestant by, um, you know, if you if you if you trace back your spiritual lineage, uh, either Christianity began in, in the 1500s, you know, no matter what denomination you have or or whatever you're following is a tradition of men mm -hmm. and not of God. Yeah, and that's by right. What authority and by what authority did Martin Luther uh decide to found the lutheran church uh uh you know that's an unanswerable question for a protestant and that is exactly why mother church is the church founded by jesus christ and it, you know it so if you're any type of a if you have any type of reasoning reasoning abilities in your mind you told me that one time jess you said paul every time we talk <laughs> you go back to the reformation you know the church is two thousand years old and that's when you challenged me to start reading the early church fathers. And I started reading and I started saying, these guys are Catholic. This is Catholic stuff here. You know what I mean? And I and the myth that, that I was taught that somehow, you know, 
the church was great up until Constantine, and then it took off. You know, when Constantine declared Christianity the new religion of the empire, that's when all the you know the the the, the Catholic uh, you know fallacies were you know entered into the church, and these pagans brought their pagan beliefs. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I challenge any Protestant to go back and read early church history. And the first thing I said was, well, if the church took a hard left turn away from God, they did it immediately. <laughs> that's what my conclusion was it happened immediately so we know that that's not true because jesus promised that he would send the, the paraclete and that the paraclete the holy spirit of god would guide them in all truth now either jesus is true to his word and the holy spirit is all powerful or he didn't do it jess that's right I, I, i'm going with the, i'm going with the former <laughs> yeah I'm, go, I'm going with the holy spirit has been doing his job for two thousand years the holy spirit yeah. is not asleep Paul, it's not a good thing to curse a man of God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your land, your relatives, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will find blessing in you. Not a good thing to curse a Catholic bishop, ask Reuben Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, Miriam... You also find the 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 the, um, the story of in in the number book of Numbers chapter twelve, verses one and following. It says here, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, on the pretext of the marriage he had contract with a Cushite woman. They complained, "Is it through Moses alone that the Lord speaks? Does he not speak through us also?" And the Lord heard this. <laughs> now here's where they crossed the line with God because. Moses, uh, Miriam, and Aaron questioned God's authority. God was God was operating through Moses' delegation, and the, his siblings questioned it. It says here, now Moses himself was by far the meekest man on the face of the earth. So at once the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, "Come out, you three, to the meeting tent." And the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in the column of cloud, in a column of a cloud. And standing at the entrance of the tent, called Aaron and Miriam, when both came forward, he said, Now listen to the words of the Lord. Should there be a prophet among you? In visions will I reveal myself to him. In dreams will I speak to him. Not so with my servant Moses. Throughout my house, he bears my trust. Face to face, I speak to him, plainly and not in riddles. The presence of the Lord he beholds. Why then did you not fear to speak against my servant Moses? Mm -hmm. So notice, God's reprimanding Aaron and Miriam for speaking out against his chosen one, Moses. Mm -hmm. Just like Reuben Israel has been doing for 40 years. Yeah, it and says, yes, by the way, Moses was a type of Christ. Christ, there okay? you go. Okay, so, so he was a he was a type. So, so, so you can imagine when you actually get out of line, you know, when especially when you when you insult the mother of the word incarnate oh uh, man you're, you're you're on some thin ice brother yeah the word says so angry was the lord against them that when he departed and the cloud withdrew from the tent there was miriam a snow white leper look what god did mm. God chastised Moses' sister Miriam immediately for trying to usurp the patriarchal authority of her brother. God gave authority to her brother, not her. Then it says, when Aaron turned and saw her a leper, he said to Moses, Ah, oh, my Lord, please do not charge us with the sin we have foolishly committed. Let her not thus be like the stillborn babe that comes forth from its mother's womb with its flesh half consumed. Then Moses cried to the Lord, Please, not this. Pray, 
heal her. So notice, Aaron repents. He admits that speaking out, speaking out against Moses' lawful authority, he admits that it was a sin against the fourth commandment, basically. Yeah. And Moses, the patriarch of God's chosen people, prays to God and Miriam is instantly healed. So it's very clear from sacred scripture that God has set up a patriarchal authority. We must operate respectfully within the framework of this God-ordained authority or suffer the consequences if we rebel like Reuben Israel and Protestants will if they don't repent before their judgment. Yeah, Jess, and, and as I think about Reuben Israel, like you said, the man preached for 40 years this gospel of literally hate, uh, that which is not the true gospel, it's a counterfeit gospel. So for 40 years, God was patient with him. 40 years, God uh, allowed, sent probably servants to him and gave him an opportunity to repent. And when God, I guess... Uh, I, and I can only surmise this, but at some point, like you said, you should know. And when you should know and you don't know, okay, then God says uh, enough's enough. And, you know, uh, again, we don't know, but this is just a word of caution. We need to pray uh, for his soul, uh, that God, you know, because we know that his soul, like every soul, is precious in the sight of God. Amen. God desires that they, that they not perish, but that they come to repentance. Amen. But uh, be careful when you stand against God. Okay, just go ahead. Take us. We'll be right we back. Next? Stick around. Don't, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Final score last uh, last Friday, June sixteenth, at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers lost. Uh, they've had a series of losses. Uh, they uh, the stadium fifteen thousand seats were empty. It's never been like that. They always sell out. Dodgers versus Giants, the rivals. It always sells out. Fifty six thousand, fifteen thousand people uh, did not show up. A lot of empty seats. The actual honoring of these homosexual men was virtually empty. It was done before the game, so they didn't even do it during the game. They didn't want to get the backlash. Uh, 5,000 Catholics went to Lot 13 with rosaries in the hand, Jesus in their heart. Another 1,000 Catholics were at, about 1,500 Catholics were at Elysian Park, same thing. Rosaries in their hand, Jesus in their heart, praying. Uh, all the press was there. All the national press, all of them were there. Helicopters were over us. Uh, they've never seen such a Catholic response. This is the first of many. It's not going to stop here. We're done. Lay Catholics are done seeing... Uh, our faith being insulted, we're going to take to the streets with our rosaries, with Jesus in our heart, and we're going to confront evil wherever it rears its ugly head. This is one of many that will continue until the second coming of Christ. Um, yeah, also, uh, uh, another good thing from law enforcement side, LAPD said this was the most organized, the most uniform, uh, the uh, the most well well-behaved rally or protest, whatever you want to call it, the secular people that they've ever had at Dodger Stadium or the city of Los Angeles ever. They complimented us. LAPD said, you guys can come anytime. They, they complimented our orderliness, our structure, our organization, our uniformity, mm. uh, the a, demeanor. A reflection, the, a reflection of your father. That's what it was. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a God of order. Yes. And so um, no arrests were made, Paul. All these, th all these tens of, th all these thousands of people, no arrests were made. Uh, we left the streets as clean as when 
when we, we arrived, we made sure we had, you know, trash bags. Everybody policed themselves. We all picked up all the trash around us, bottles. We left that place cleaner than when we found it. Yeah. Well, uh, to God be the glory, Jess. Yes, amen. I want to talk about good Catholics need to tackle the hard topics more. Let me give you seven reasons why we as, as uh, traditional Catholics, Orthodox Catholics, conservative Catholics, whatever you want to call it, we've got to be more political, not less, uh, because political issues are more connected to evangelization than most people realize. This article was written by my friend, Father Dave Nix, who's an, uh, just a, a, an incredible Catholic priest. The first thing he says here, and this is the essence of why we do what we do. This is it. He says, the social reign of Christ the King. Traditional Catholicism is built on the notion of no separation of church and state. That's a Masonic, uh, that's a Masonic uh, idea. In, yeah, idea, exactly. Yes, uh, I, I said that. Uh, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that we want a Catholic version of an Islamic theocracy. Nor has the Catholic Church ever believed in forced conversions, not even in the days of the Inquisition. But just as nature abhors the vacuum, so do politics. Mm. Absent a group of leaders remaining under the standard of Christ, we will be under the trans rainbow flag the new religion of this country. So we will either follow a religion or we were not. And the religion that they're pushing on us right now is the trans uh, rainbow flag religion. Mark my yeah. words. They have acolytes. They have a creed. They have prayer groups. They have their anti-sacramentals. Uh, sure. They have their liturgy. Uh, yeah, the, the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Case in point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. they have yep. they, they have their order of nuns. They have their satanic high priests. This is the religion that the left is trying to impose yes. upon America, Paul. Well, well, Jess, and I and I'll just you know just to break it down really quick, uh, the idea and the way our Western world was ordered under the Catholic Church, by the way, shaped and founded everything that you enjoy and love today is a result of of what the Catholic Church has yeah. uh, you know done for this world. The body of Christ. Yep. So yep. what happens is the man has faith, his children have faith, uh, his extended family has faith, and then uh, the uh, community begins to have faith. And then beyond the community, the state then uh, is filled with men who reflect the faith and the values and the principles of God, and therefore just laws are made. And when you do, when you eliminate God, as this world is seeking desperately to do, which can never happen, by the way, but when you seek to do that, then, <clears throat> then your children lack faith, and then the community lacks faith yeah. at large, and then the state lacks faith, and the state yeah. then invokes unjust laws. And that's what we're seeing today, that a woman has a so-called right to... To, to kill her own child, yeah. that, that we have the right to just uh, put our old, uh, our parents and, and the sickly and those who just, does, you know, are tired of life. We, we have a right to kill them, Jess. Yeah. We have, you know, these things. Yeah. What's point number two, Father, the next snakes? Point number two. Yes. Life and death issues. The difference between Republicans and Democrats right now is not like innocent Chicago saloon debates of the 1950s about how much money should be allotted so new roads or new trash management. <laughs> and that's what it used to be, huh? Uh, yeah. The debate yeah. now 
is if we should continue a slaughter of millions of preborn children and sexually mutilate them and groom the children who somehow escaped the abortion holocaust. The, uh, these are not political issues. They are issues of life and death, heaven and hell. We must be involved in stopping these worst evils of all history. Yes, Jess, and this is why they have this myth about we don't talk about religion and politics. Why? They go hand in hand. That's right, because uh, the Catholic Church revealed by God is a supernatural religion given to us by heaven. And so the supernatural must uh, form the contents of the natural. The government is natural. It's a natural institution. The government is am amoral, which means it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have morality. It doesn't, it's not built in the government. Government must be influenced by the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Catholic Church, Amen. which gave us Western civilization. Point number three, Fatima and the heirs of Russia. Father Nick says, I've studied a lot of Marian apparitions over the past 2,000 years, and I've never heard of one until Fatima when Mary mentioned a political party by name. That's true. Mm. That's interesting. And what's the party she mentioned? Communism. But that's exactly what she did when she spoke of the heirs of Russia and then showed the children of Fatima countless souls falling into hell. That yes. means that liberalism is leading people to hell. If that's mm -hmm. not too political for Mary to say in 1917, then it's not too political for me to say as well, Father Dave Nix. Oh, what yeah. a good point. Yeah. Mary yeah. mentions God. Mary mentioned a political party. So people say, don't talk about politics, Mary. Our Lady did. The yeah. Mother of God mentioned a political party. Yeah. Wow. And Jess, Jess, liberalism always ends in Marxism and eventually communism. And that's exactly what we see. The left of this country, the so-called free thinkers, the liberals who want to unleash, you know, you know, who want to build back better, they're leading us to Marxism, which is uh, which is the road to communism. Liberalism is a is a sin. Liberalism is also uh, Dr. Michael Savage, I like, he's got a book. It says, liberalism is a mental disorder. My, my wife bought the book mm -hmm. years ago. Paul, what's yeah. point number four? Point number yeah. four. Okay, politics is downstream of theology. I used to think that calling abortion a satanic child sacrifice was an exaggeration. After studying what happens in an abortion center, I no longer believe it is an exaggeration. The, the left runs on the blood of children sacrificed to demons in abortion centers. Even Tucker Carlson now realizes the grooming cult of children is true. Religion taking over this country. Okay, okay, is a true religion taking over this country? Okay. Yeah, the, the, the left, yeah, this, it's a religion with the, the woke stuff, is, it's, a, it's a religion, yeah. Yes, yes. The movement organized under the trans rainbow flag has moved beyond the days of child groomer Harvey Milk and is now, uh, and is now, and now has uh, a diabolical rites, dark sacraments, infallible priests, and most importantly, doctrine and heresy for which you are quickly excommunicated uh, or canceled for opposing. The movement of sexual license is not just about acceptance of a weakness in the loins of people struggling with certain disorders. The secular religion of the left seeks to make child converts and will even isolate parents from their own children who oppose their grooming. 
This is a bad religion under the guise of politics. It reminds me, Jess, when uh, uh, of uh, when Abraham uh, went into Sodom for, for for Lot. You know how they came out. You know they demanded that that Lot give you know uh, give the strangers to him. You know this is this is how bold they are. This is how bold evil is. They're demanding our children. They're coming for our children. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good analogy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So also we must now be unafraid to oppose their bad religion with the true religion of, of apostolic Catholicism. I'm going to say it again, the true religion of apostolic Catholicism. That, that means traditional Catholicism, by the way. Under the banner of Christ crucified, we must do this shamelessly and rapidly. As TLM attending Michael Knowles always says, politics- He's from the, he's from the Daily Wire. He's from the Daily Wire. Yeah. Yes. Politics is downstream of theology. He also points out that once the right agreed to battle with the left on the field of free speech, we already lost. Why? Because every culture and every political ideal has a theological standard looming behind it, be it good or evil. Free speech will always be governed by a standard. Yeah, and wow. the standard that the standard that they govern is a standard of the left because they control. Yes. The mainstream media, yes. they control yes. big tech, they, the, yes. you know, social media, yes. they control the and internet. Yeah. Yeah. And how did this happen? Religious indifferentism. This idea that, you know, hey, everybody's free to do whatever they want and therefore we have to be fair. Is that what the ancient Israel said? Uh, when God uh, stood against the gods of Egypt, just the plethora of gods that the gods of Egypt had. Well, he's, you know, we have to give them their due part. You know what I mean? God, you know, no, God showed that he is God and that they're false gods. And, 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 and Egypt paid the price for their unbelief. You know what? I think that, that we're at the point where he, there's enough Catholics whose eyes are opened. And I saw us. Uh, I saw that on Friday. And um, we're going to we're going to have to lead the b team's gonna have to lead because the a team the trumpets are silent we'll be right back jesus 911 stick around now back to jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency dial 888-526-2151 Jesus 911, two-man card. Father Dave Nix is absolutely right. Good Catholics are going to need to tackle the hard topics more and more. We're going to have to face off against the woke left. And, and it, it, that may even mean in the public square, just mm -hmm. like what happened on Friday. He said, point number five, Father Dave Nix makes, he says this, grace builds on nature without destroying it. St. Thomas Aquinas taught that grace builds on nature without destroying it. That means that Christ divinizes his elect while making them no less human or individual. But the secular religion of the left not only stands against a traditional divinization in Christ, it also seeks to destroy human nature. For this reason, it is not possible to be a leftist Catholic living in sanctifying grace. Is that an exaggeration? No. Grace cannot build on a nature that is being denied through mutilating surgeries, unnatural sins, and pre-born satanic sacrifice. Preach it, Any <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, how you really feel, Father. 
Anyone even mildly defending those things can never come to a divinization of their human nature. Why? Because the left is not only denying divine revelation, but then overturning creation at a natural level. Thus, if we want leftists to be safe forever, we must point out those errors that begin in natural law, not the Bible. Mm. Yeah. In other words, what he's, what he's basically saying is, uh, uh, you know, Va- even Vatican I says this back in 200 years ago. Vatican I says, uh, e- even, even anybody, you don't have to be a baptized person. Anybody can know God through, through reason and through just na- through natural revelation. There's no excuse and St. Paul makes that argument actually in Romans chapter 1. You read the whole chapter. He ha- that's where Vatican I draws from. Nobody has an excuse not to believe in God. God has revealed himself through the created order. And that's what Father Dave Nix is saying here. He's basically saying, people, you don't have to read the Bible to know sodomy's wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know, read the Bible to read that child sacrifice is wrong. You know mm-hmm. this through natural law. That's the point that he's yep. making. Well done, Padre. Yeah, yeah listen, uh, I'd like to read just really quick. Um, uh, Archbishop Lefebvre, he, he, he read a, uh, I mean, in his book, they have uncrowned him. Uh, he quotes a bishop uh, from basically who wrote in the late 1800s, okay? And this is what the bishop wrote on liberalism. He says, at the present hour, liberalism is the chief error of the, in, of the intellects and the dominant passion of our century. It fashions an infected atmosphere which envelops the political and religious world on all sides, which is a supreme peril for society and for the individual. As an enemy of the Catholic Church, as gratuitous as it is unjust and cruel, it heaps up in a bundle, in an insane disorder, all the elements of destruction and death in order to banish the church from the earth. It falsifies ideas, corrupts judgments, adulterates consciousness, uh, uh, enervates uh, characters, inflames passions, subjugates governments, stirs up the governed, and, and not content to put out, if it were possible, the torch of revelation. It moves forward under uh, uh, unconsciously and boldly to extinguish the light of natural reason itself mm. is that was written uh that was written in the late 1800s jess is that not applicable for today of course absolutely that's catholic that's always been catholic teaching taken from romans chapter one mm-hmm. different popes and different uh, saints have commented on on the fact that natural law uh is god has given us enough through natural law so that we can know what's right and wrong and we will yes. we'll have no excuse on judgment day point number Amen, six brother. paul what did father say on point number yeah. six Only one group is apparently too political. Someone on the phone recently told me I shouldn't be so political. It didn't hurt my feelings, but I found it funny. He later, in that same conversation, ripped on Donald Trump, uh, even though I didn't bring up Trump or even politics after hanging up. It hit me. He wouldn't tell a lawyer or a doctor or a plumber that his profession prohibits him from politics. Why? then is a priest off limits from politics only because that person didn't like my politics. Well, the priest is off limit because uh, they want their tax. They want to maintain their, if they go too far right, you know, they'll be threatened with that 501c3 tax exempt status. It's unfortunate, but love of money. Um, 
None of my none of my critics say that leftist Catholics are too political. Uh, uh, peruse, uh, peruse, yeah, peruse. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, peruse the websites of lefty Catholics like America Magazine or National Catholic Reporter and see that ninety-five to hundred percent of their articles are leftist politics, not good theology. Probably only seventy percent of my blogs are political, and ten percent of my podcasts are political. My podcasts are mostly scripture and and catechesis. So who is more political, them or me? Of course they are, but everyone gives that Catholic left a pass on politics because it's easier for a dead fish to go along with the flow than to swim against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And he is 100% absolutely unequivocally right, Jess. Listen, the reason why lefties uh, get a pass is because they are reciting and parroting the politics of the world. And as you know, as Father Nix pointed out, the enemies of Christianity is that worldview, that spirit of the world, that zeitgeist, the spirit of the world that that basically uh, uh, militates against God himself. Amen. And the and the wicked yeah. cannot stand to hear truth. That's right. Amen. Uh, point number seven, Father Dave Nix says, the Pharisees would say they killed Jesus for political reasons. 2,000 years ago, the Pharisees would have claimed they killed Jesus not for religious reasons, but for political reasons. Consider how the Pharisees plotted the death of Jesus. So the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For the, this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation, close quote. So, but one of them, Caiaphas who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. John chapter 11, verses 47 to 50. So, the Pharisees knew that Jesus stood as a threat, not only to their religious leadership, but also to their decision to be in political cahoots with the Romans. Mm. Politics can never be separated from religion. Mm. So let's stop, trying, let's, let's stop trying it under the guise of devotion. Following Jesus is more than just warm feelings, warm emotions uh, that a smiley Middle Eastern man might make me feel. Following Jesus is establishing Christ's kingdom here on earth, and that kingdom is one of life. And by that, I mean eternal life. Preach it, Father. Yeah, yes. amen. Well, Paul, uh, we've entered into a, a, a new... F you know, we got priests like this, uh, Father Altman, a lot, a lot of good priests out there, you know, without having to name them. A lot of good priests out there that realize that we've entered into the, the, the period of the laity where the laity are going to have to uh, go out into the public square. Uh, get, as Ezekiel the prophet says, go step into the breach uh, between God's people, the innocent women and children, and, uh, and, and the enemies of God. And we're going to have to go out there in God's name. As, as Catholics, remember, we have, we, we're still afforded our constitutional rights, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and freedom to peaceably assemble. And as Catholics, yes. we better use these rights as much as the left uses them, because if we don't, 
there will be no Catholicism left because if the left has their way, the, the, the left's goal is the eradication of the Catholic faith, the New World Order, the Great Reset, the, the, the Freemasons. Their goal is the eradication of the Catholic faith because it is, when you say Western civilization, you're talking about Roman Catholicism. Here's where it came. The Roman Catholic Church started by Jesus Christ in 33 AD. Jesus Christ purified the teachings from Athens. Jesus Christ purified the teachings of the Old Testament. And Jesus Christ purified the teachings of Rome. Three cities, Athens, Jerusalem, and Rome, that offered different, different items to Western civilization. Athens, right. rhetoric, the, the great orators That's right. and wisdom. That's right. Jeru Jerusalem, the prophets and the law, the sages. Rome, yeah. structure, organization, law. Yeah. The, uh, Jesus the Christ founded the Catholic Church who took those three cities and the contributions they made to Western civilization and has given us the greatest civilization known to man the last 2,000 years called Western civilization. This comes from the genius of Catholicism founded by Jesus Christ. This is what the left is trying to destroy. If you want to know just a synthesis of Western civilization, pick up a quarter, a 25-cent mm. coin. Pick it up. Y'all have one in your purse, in your pocket. And, and the quarter says, in God we trust. It doesn't say in Darwin we trust. It doesn't mm. say in secular humanism we trust. It mm -hmm. says in God we trust. And that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the God that we call the Holy Trinity. Secondly, what else do we see in that coin? Liberty. Where does that come from? Liberty comes from Christ. That's what he did for us on Calvary. He freed us from the slavery of sin. Mm -hmm. Christ died to make yes. us free. Liberty yes. comes from Christ. Then yes. you, turn, you turn the coin around. This is Western civilization. It says in Latin, e pluribus unum, which means from many one. That's Latin, from many one, the official language of the Catholic Church. Well, wh where's that drawn from? That's drawn from the words of Christ in John chapter 17, verse 20 and 23. Yeah, yes. Our 25-cent coin gives you Western civilization thought, which comes from Roman Catholic Christianity. True. And by the way, just that liberty that you spoke of is true liberty, liberty under God, not over God, not without God, but under God. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what true liberty is, okay? Under the protection and under the wisdom and the and the guidance of the king, the king of kings, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, this is Jesus 911, Jess. So uh, it, it's only fitting that uh, <clears throat> we do a little posse comitatus, uh, which is basically deputizing people. Yes, and yes. It's, it's time for people to step up, to raise your right hand and to say, I will defend Mother Church. I will go out and stand in the yes. gap, stand yes. in the breach for God. Because if God be for us, Jess, who, who can, can be, be against, against us? Amen. That's a wrap. Jesus 9-1 run. Remember, the goal of Catholicism is to usher in the social reign of Christ the King. Pray your rosaries every day. Read your Bibles every day. Live in a state of grace. See you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. As for us, we are EOW. We're end of watch. We're out. God bless you. Keep the faith. Viva Cristo Rey.